Come on, rap with me. I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm, even going to try. I'm doing your beat here. <laughs> you want to record? Is it recording? Yeah, I did. Turn it on. He's going to get this and be like, what in the world are they doing before I get there? <laughs> It sounds like you guys have had some some uh, feedback that wasn't so positive uh, in what you guys shared Sunday. I heard you guys just talking about it outside, so I thought maybe we could spend a moment and share. You know, you you, you were vulnerable Sunday, uh, revealing your heart, just where you were at. Went along very well with the message. Uh, spoke to me mm-hmm. and where I was at in the room, and um, but maybe others saw it differently. You want to expound on that a little bit more? I hate going into a Sunday morning when Marianne and I have been at odds yeah, and it started on Saturday morning. There's just this thing, you know, sometimes you just get that, you have that low level irritation with each other that just sits there. And for some reason it's there. You don't know why it's there. We don't have that right now. It it kind of went away, but it it was just that thing. And she goes, I I think we're both just irritated Hmm. with maybe each other or maybe something, but it's, it's there. And I'm like, yeah. And then you could tell it by how we interacted the rest of the day. And then Sunday morning, I'm like, okay, we slept, maybe it's better. And then, and then I got to get up and take a shower and come down to service. <laughs> but it's good to share it. You know, I mean, it's, it's reality. Vulnerability is hard. Well, yeah. <laughs> First off, anytime you make a choice to be vulnerable, you are challenging this idea that you have to be the hero. And I think ideally in the church, if we can be vulnerable in a way where we make Jesus the hero, that points oftentimes a very honest, not so lovely picture of ourselves. Is what you're saying in the church, we could actually have hero worship as long as the hero is Jesus? Yeah, (laughs) I think that would solve a lot of problems, actually. (laughs) I felt a lot of love and support on Sunday just after sharing what I did. We're just dealing with some struggles right now. Um, I got... An interesting message that was well-intentioned, but as I kind of dove deeper into it, there was a spirit, I think, of criticism coming from this mindset of like, well, especially in maybe a leadership role like that in a church, that you really should kind of have it together, so to speak, figured out, make yourself right. And I'll say on the heels of like being vulnerable, you're already feeling maybe some tendency toward embarrassment or possible shame, it, it's easy to lean into that and start to question like, oh, you're right. And I, I just, this week I've been wrestling with that and having to fall back like on the message Aaron's been preaching throughout this whole series of like, it, it, it's all about grace. It's all about Christ's work done for us. And he is the hero. And with that truth comes this safety to not be our best ideal selves, even in front of a room full of people. And there's confidence and joy and freedom to be found there. So how do you deal with conflict of, of this nature? That's the exact question you have to keep coming back to. Like, where am I going to find my security or the lens through which like I see myself and approval? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be in one person's feedback or is it going to be in what Jesus says about me? It's been hard, but I think really good and fruitful to wrestle with that. To me, that is, that is repentance to like actively turn from, okay, like part of me wants to believe this because I'm an ex-legalist and yeah, this makes a lot of sense, <laughs> but like to, to remind myself like, no, that's not the truth. Like all we've been hearing in Galatians mm-hmm. is <laughs> rejecting that message. Well, sometimes when people say it to me, 
the question I want to ask is, when do you feel the freedom to be vulnerable? Are, do you feel like you can be vulnerable? Or do you feel like you actually have to act like you have it all together? Not just in front of other people, but maybe even in front of God? Mm-hmm. Is your relationship with Jesus one that is you can't have issues and problems because he saved you and now you've got to be perfect, not realizing that the gospel saves us, but also sustains us. I need to preach that to myself more often too, because <laughs> I forget that a lot. With me just coming from, like we've talked about formerly legalistic background, it's like, there's always going to be that looming question. Like, what if they're right? What if they're right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's where you have faith, even if it's small in Jesus and what he says <laughs> that he's enough. People find the section from Galatians 5.13 through the end of the book as some of their favorite because Paul goes really practical, but he just spent five and a half chapters talking about grace. What's our foundation? Where is, you know, have we made our concrete that we're going to build our houses on? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the gospel. And only then at the end does he then move into personal relationships. Galatians, you have made a mess of your church. Mm-hmm. How do you come back? How do you fix that with one another? And so today he does three things. He starts off with a reminder of the freedom we've had and then a warning. You use your freedom to love one another, to build one another up, stop, you know, biting and devouring one another. And then he has an encouragement. But all three of those things come back directly to how we deal and live with one another. And that's, that's the, I think the beauty is he set the foundation and now he moves into the interpersonal relationships of restoration. Mm. But then <laughs> he goes directly into the fruit of the spirit. So the fruit of the spirit is like the salad, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> These are just the toppings on the salad. <laughs> this individual that you get to have a conversation with now on a practical level, on a one-on-one level, not being Paul, um, how do we do that? I think it's going to take more vulnerability, uh, to be honest, to enter into that conversation and talk about my views on what a redemptive culture entails and why that's so important to me and how my motivation for that, my desire for a redemptive community comes directly from my understanding of the gospel. Ooh, throwing it back to last week. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I think I will. I think I'm going to gospel as a verb and talk about how I understand that and how, Grace is the covering under which we're able to bear these things to one another without shame, even though I'll say like I've been struggling, I've been having to battle shame Mm -hmm. this week and really reflect on like, what is the gospel? uh, What are the implications of the gospel for me and my identity uh, in the wake of sharing something like this? And I'll probably share just about the effects of getting a message like that on the heels of being vulnerable, Mm -hmm. what that can do. And I'll listen a lot. I'll see, uh, you know, what's kind of informed this person's view and just try to speak into that as much as possible. Engage their thinking behind what, right. what they probably hold themselves, try to hold themselves to. Right. Yeah. Mm. I want to know, like, how does this bear out in your own life? And again, I, it's, it legalism's easier. It's easier it, than grace. It totally is. Yep. Yeah. And that's, and that's the big appeal. I've cleaned myself up. I've done my things. Therefore God's obligated. Again, your motivation. You're not doing it for God. You're doing it for you. Are you boasting in the cross? Right. Or are you boasting in the work you did You're to boast- clean yourself right. up? I, God did this for me because I was faithful. Mm-hmm. That and that's and that's the problem. That your motivation is you. You're, and that's why you burn out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So on a scale of one to 10, uh, how would you rate the degree of messiness you've seen with an element? 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. <laughs> that only goes to, our, our knobs go to 11. Mikey. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fine. I, I don't, tell me what you guys think. I see a difference between messiness and dysfunction. Like messiness, I see more as like vulnerability, rawness, dysfunction has kind of like a toxic edge to it. You know, like more like systemic issues like Paul would have addressed, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. I think we've been pretty downright messy. In a good way. I think so, because we're not just celebrating the messiness. And I will say going back to like a therapeutic culture, there is that there is that that thread, I think, in our culture right now or like you're so brave, you know, just praising the messiness or the share itself. But I think if we can be messy for the sake of making Jesus the hero, that is a completely different story. And Mm. I have seen our church do that over and over. And I love that about it. So how would you define our dysfunction? One to 10. Is this, is this where we want to go? Really? I don't know. know. It's a good conversation now, regardless. It seemed, it seemed natural place after the conversation. When our dysfunction rears its head, it's typically because someone got hurt over something and it was, they didn't feel valued or I didn't feel valued or this thing. And that's what a lot of it comes down to. And that could be sin on our part for not valuing somebody the way they need to be valued. But it could also be a self-centered attitude on somebody's part Mm. of I wanted this and I didn't get the recognition again, back to the motivation. Was the motivation to lift up Christ or was the motivation to get some type of respect from you by doing this thing. So where was our motivation in it? Because if Christ is our motivation and if someone doesn't give us respect or kudos or a thank you, we should still be okay with it because we didn't do it for those things. Not that those things aren't nice, right? You still want people to say thank you, but if you don't get the thank you, are you still okay? Because I didn't really do it for the thank you. I did it for Christ. Mm. That's my problem. Sometimes I forget to say thank you. Uh, but I think a lot of our dysfunction comes down to personal hurt feelings. So going through these, this reminder, this warning, encouragement speaks into all of that, mm-hmm. that we are, we can have freedom from other people's opinions mm-hmm. and, um, and need to humble ourselves and say, make sure we say thank you or whatever the case may be. Uh, and then truly understand what our view of the other person is. Right. Because that's, that seems to be the, the hint of the warning is, yeah. How do you view other people? Yeah, don't don't bite and devour one another. You don't use your freedom to hurt others. You use your freedom as an excuse to love others and draw them back in. Mm-hmm. And then the encouragement is to do that. Yeah. Because he's already done it for us. Right. So for GC leaders uh, this week, how would you encourage them, invite them into this reminder, warning, encouragement as they lead people. What if GC leaders, when they hear this, they could start thinking about how they want to step in and just say, hey, I want to do what Paul just did. I want to give you a reminder. Here's the grace of God. Here's the warnings for us, because I've seen how sometimes we have taken that freedom in one run places. Maybe it shouldn't have gone. So that's our warning. Let's let's love Jesus through this. And so my encouragement is for you. You have not lost your salvation when you treat others poorly or run towards these other things, your encouragement is come back to the gospel and, and live in that. So maybe start it with this, with this joyful roundabout of, you know, we do these things, but Jesus still loves us and draws us here and then start your discussion. 
An opening benediction. An opening benediction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say like sp- specifically, this is how our group has done this. <laughs> That's what I thought too. I know. That's crazy I'm all, wow. No, no, no. <laughs> that happens other times. <laughs> so how about you, Michelle? How do you think you would kind of step into this? Yeah. I, I love that um, idea of just starting with the gospel. Hmm. Like you'd think would be beating a dead horse through this series, but I don't know. Sometimes I, I hear how we, uh, we practically understand it in our lives and clearly like it can't be talked about enough I guess I think creating confessional spaces is huge again being willing to show yourself as you really are and showing Jesus as who he really is you know there's a few exercises I could think of one obviously would just be communion but leading people into a time of actually going and if there's anything in this room conflict between people how do we how do we bear it out or if you need help and want prayer and a conversation outside of this room with somebody else. Let's walk through that and, and talk about how that could go and, and stuff like that. So hmm. creating a, like an actual hands-on application time, not yeah. just, not just talking about it. And to this day, one of the most powerful things I've seen in our group is um, we saw it from something Jeff Vandersell had done, like through Soma. Of but course. Love him. He's my guy. <laughs> I think it was part of the gospel fluency series. I can't remember, but at the close of it among their missional community, they offered the elements to one another and really gospeled each other personally as they did that. But they, they tailored it in a way that was unique to what they knew of that person's story and what they were going through and the things that they had confessed. And it was just a very sweet time. Mm. So I could see that being a cool exercise going along with this too. So if you have, Thoughts on or questions on how to do that, reach out to Michelle. She'll be <laughs> happy to help walk you through what that might look like. <laughs> how can I help? She's got office hours Fridays. That's right. Hit me up. I don't remember what time. 11 to 1. So be, so go. <laughs> so be, so go. <laughs> so be, so go. <laughs> So, so a reminder, a warning, and encouragement. That's how you do it. Just, be, just go. That's how we're going to end it right there. Just go. That turn, was, turn it just off. Just be, just go. Just. Yeah, that was it. Yeah.